If you will, take your Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24. I'm going to get a, at least a smile from some of you. Today I was sitting in my office and I was thinking about heartburn. Does everybody know what a heartburn is? Has everybody experienced heartburn? Does everybody know <laughs> that heartburn has nothing to do with your heart? Yeah, I mean, you know what it has to do with. It has to do with that acid in your stomach. And it comes back up into your esophagus. And, it, and you hurt from your neck to below your navel. Could I get an amen? Yeah. We, we, and, and you know, when you got heartburn, it's difficult to get comfortable. I'm just going to tell you this, and don't look at your mate, and don't elbow them. When you have heartburn, it's easy to be, um, shall we say, sensitive about what other people say. Now, ill, I heard that right there. Do you all know what I'm talking about? Heartburn is something we can all... Um, we can all relate to. But here's what I want to say to you before we read the story. I want you to think about heartburn in a little different way today. And I want you to think about heartburn, not a physical heartburn, but a spiritual heartburn. A spiritual heart on fire, if you will. If I were to title this message up on the screen, I would call it heartache, heartbreak, heartburn. Now, when you get to Luke 24, this is after the resurrection. It's a very familiar story. In fact, Resurrection Day is uh, spoken of in the first, chap first verse of chapter 24. Scoot down to verse 13, and we're going to read the story that I just sang about. That very day, that would be a resurrection day, that very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all the things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And, they, and he said to them, What is this conversation that you're holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still looking sad. Then one of them, named Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? And he said to them, What things? And they said to him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, A man who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and, besi and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things have happened. Moreover, some, some of the women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning, and when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had even seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. And he said to them, 
O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them all the scriptures, uh, in all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. So they drew near to the village to which they were going. He acted as if he were going further. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took the bread and broke it, blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. And he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the Scripture? And they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem, seven miles, I might remind you. And they found the eleven, and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. I'm just going to tell you I love this story. I can read this story every day. I just enjoy reading this story. You know, it occurs on Resurrection Sunday. And all the Scripture tells us is that it's two of them. We know that one was Cleopas. The other one was not Simon. That's that. The Simon, this occurrence of Simon, does not, we're not really told about it, but there were two of them. I just, I want us to think just a second about the last three days of their life, three or four days of their life. When I look at this scripture of what we just read, I begin by seeing their heartache. I begin seeing by their heartache. As they were headed toward Emmaus, that seven-mile journey home, the only thing that was on their mind was their Jesus. They had watched him beaten, crucified, and put in the ground. They didn't understand all the events. And I, I would have loved to have been a fly on somebody's shoulder as they walked down the road to hear the conversation that was, that was taking place about how Jesus had been crucified, about, about how much they loved him, about how much he gave, and, and, and even about the events of that morning, things they didn't understand. And, and as they were engaging in this conversation, here comes a stranger, which was a common occurrence in those days. As they were traveling, if they were walking in Paris, somebody else would join them. And it was a safety factor so that they could not, uh, um, so they could, wouldn't get ambushed or hijacked or, or hurt or something like that. And I know it was a heartache because I, I, want, you, I want you to think about this. If you look back in verse, in verse, uh, in verse 17, Jesus came up and he said, what in the world are you talking about, guys? What, what, what are you all talking about? And, and, and they couldn't believe it. Their hearts were aching so badly, they could not believe there was anyone in the region that didn't know what had happened to their Jesus. I, I think that's very telling, at least it is for me. The last sentence in verse 17, it says, Jesus asked, what y'all talking about? And they just stood still. 
I can imagine in my glorified imagination that they just stood there, Philip, staring at him. Like, have you lost your mind? Don't you know what's been going on? I, I believe that they could not even believe, believe with their ears. It's like, are you the only one that don't know what's going on around here? And I believe that probably the reason asking that question is I believe that our Lord wanted them to express what they would about Him. He didn't need to hear it, but He felt like that they needed to say it. And, and if, you start, if you start reading there in verse 19, concerning this man Jesus of Nazareth, they begin to tell him all about Jesus. I dare say, I dare say that Jesus had meant so much to them that now that he something tragic had happened, the flow of information from their lips just kind of fell. I wonder what kind of what kind of lesson that is for us. I mean, it says that they just stood there looking sad, and then the information begin to flow. That word sad in the Greek language means it was mournful, means that they were downtrodden. It means that, that they had a heartache, and it was their love for Jesus. They were walking along, and all of a sudden Jesus was with them, and for some reason uh, that was withheld from them, but they, were heart, they had that heartache. But then their heartache, because how much they loved Jesus, turned into a heartbreak. And do you know why? I mean, they loved Jesus so much that their heart ached, but in their heart it was broken because they thought Jesus was the answer for Roman tyranny. They thought Jesus was going to be the one to come and redeem uh, Israel. And, and the Jewish nation had been looking for so long and hoping for so long and praying for so long for this promised Redeemer. And when Jesus said... Into thy hands I commend my spirit and died. In the minds of the Jewish people, their hopes were dashed. Now think about it. Their heart, broke, their, their heart is aching and their heart is broken. And yet they are telling this stranger the full story even to the point of the empty tomb, even to the point of the uh, angels being seen. And yet, even telling their story, it was like they had almost lost hope. When they told the stranger of the empty tomb, it was like they really didn't believe he was alive at this point. It was just rumor. It was just conjecture. I get the feeling as I hear them speaking, as they draw near to their village, that all hope was lost. And yet there Jesus was. Now watch. I think that our takeaway from this story at this point is that Jesus is always close by when our hearts are aching. When you go through that difficult time in your life and your heart is aching and your heart is breaking, Jesus is never far away. And if we'll talk with him, 
He'll listen. And we don't have to hide things. Oh, I can't say that to Jesus. Well, if you think it, you've already said it to him. Hello? When they arrived home, they still didn't know it was Jesus. And I want you to notice that Jesus did not force his way into the house. It was uh, um, Billy Graham's daughter, Ann Graham Lott, said this years ago, Jesus is a perfect gentleman. He does not elbow or force his way into anywhere he goes in where he's invited. And they invited him in. And when they invited him in, you know what happened next. They began to eat. Bread was broken. Jesus appeared. I mean, Jesus uh, Jesus revealed himself. The scales were lifted from their eyes. Jesus waited until they were eating dinner to reveal himself. He waited until they invited him in. Now, think about this. Watch how this worked. He broke the bread, revealed himself to them, and then had a big party with Jesus. No. He broke the bread, revealed himself, and then he vanished. It was at that point that the heartache and the heartbreak turned into heartburn. All of a sudden, they said, didn't our hearts burn? Not just when he was at the table, not just when we knew when he was, who he was, but didn't our hearts burn back on the road when we were walking? Do you see? They were walking with Jesus, and the and the words were literally burning in their heart, and they didn't even know it. They didn't even recognize it because they were so consumed with the heartache. They were so consumed with the heartbreak. Now, in case you're wondering, it says in verse uh, 31, and he vanished. Doesn't it sound like a magical act to anybody? Well, it does to me. But literally, the, the original language, some, some translations, most use the word vanished. Some use the word disappeared. Some say that he uh, um, just disappeared from sight. But here's what I want, here's what I want to say. Well, it doesn't matter what word you use. Let me just give you the uh, Alabama rendition. He was there one moment, he's gone the next, and nobody walked out the door. Do y'all get the picture? And the truth is, it seems that from the time that he resurrected until, uh, uh, until he uh, showed himself a week later, it seems that he had the ability, like the Holy Spirit, to move through walls, to move through locked doors. Which reminds us, he's still Lord of all. If he created it, he can handle it. But here's what I don't want you to miss as I end. These two men, Cleopas and his partner, were so enamored with this stranger that they didn't recognize it was Jesus until he was gone. In his, and somebody goes, well, why didn't he just stay with them? I want to say this to you. I believe that he gave them everything that they needed to get through the difficulty. He gave them everything they needed to overcome the heartache, to overcome the heartbreak. And it was at the point that they didn't see him physically anymore that they said, didn't our hearts burn in it with us when he spoke?
I want to ask you tonight, how long has it been since your heart's burned with the touch and the voice of the Savior? How long has it been since you heard a word from Him that you knew He was speaking to you? Maybe, it may be since the last time you had a heartache and a heartbreak. You see, God gives us those heartaches. He allows those heartaches and heartbreaks to come to to tune up our ears because it's in those times that we listen. In the good times, we tend to say, I got it, God. Take a break. Take five. But when we feel like we can't get up and go on, when we feel like we have no help or we have no hope, that's when he comes to us and gives us the things that he wants to give to us. And when, he, when he comes to us, when he speaks words of help, when he speaks words of hope, and even sometimes words of happiness, our hearts are burned. I need to say this to you. I would pray that every time that we get together, this is my prayer. Lord, make my heart burn every time we gather corporately that we are worshiping and praising you in such a way that we're hearing from you and that our hearts burn within us. Brother Lawrence called it perpetual revival. I call it perpetual heartburn. It's a matter of walking with Him. It's a matter of talking with Him. It's a matter of listening to Him. I want to remind you what Jesus can do. And I'm just going to close with this story. It's said in, in India with a missionary. A missionary was in India, and uh, um, he met a medicine man who claimed that he could cure any disease. And the missionary said, in a, any disease? And he said, yes. He said, well, I have a patient. I have a patient with a terrible disease, and no doctor has been able to cure him. Can you help? And the medicine man said, yes. Bring her to me. And the missionary said, her disease is sin. And the medicine said, oh, I can't cure that. Nobody can do that. And the missionary said, no, you're wrong. There is one who he himself is the remedy for sin, and his name is Jesus. You see, when we have heartache and heartbreak that sin brings on us, there is a remedy, and it's heartburn. Hear his voice, follow his voice, and our hearts will burn. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I pray that tonight that you will speak into our lives in a way that will allow our hearts to burn with the fervor and the flame, the holiness and the inspiration that only you have. Lord, help us hear from you every day. May you stay with us every step of our way in your name. Amen. I'm going to remind you about the things on the table. Some